He walked a Via Tellerosa, struggled just to stay upright. Beams were heavy on his shoulders, pushed along by Roman soldiers. I could not give up the fight. They formed the cross and laid him on. Drove the nails into his hands. Some may see a broken spirit. All I see is love and mercy. Where the cross of Calvary stands. You can't say he didn't love us. You can't say he didn't love us. You can't say he didn't love us. When he loved us from the that I spent searching to find that thing that's real and true all along the cross of Calvary was the price that he paid for me so that I could make it through praise God you can't say
had his nail scarred Oh, 
Came crashing to the ground. 
And the friends I have nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now It was Jesus My sleep is gone, 
My heart is full of sorrow I can't believe how much I've let you down I dread the pain that waits for me tomorrow When the sun reveals my broken dreams Are scattered on the ground Please forgive me I need your grace to make it through All I have is you I'm at your mercy And Lord, I'll serve you Until my dying day Help others find the way I'm at your mercy Please forgive me I can't believe the God of earth and glory Would take the time to care for one like me But I read in the Bible that old story Of how he pled for my forgiveness When he was dying on the tree forgive me I need your grace to make it through all I have is you I'm at your mercy and Lord I'll serve you until my dying day help others find the way I'm at your mercy please forgive me I can't believe the God of earth and glory would take the time to care for one like me. But I read in the Bible that old story of how he pled for my forgiveness when he was dying on the tree. Please forgive need your grace to make it through. All I ask is you. I'm at your mercy. And Lord, I'll serve you until my dying day. Help others find the way. I'm at your mercy. Please forgive me.
Thank you for the offering today. I know this uh, it's been a beautiful service. I know God's been here. I praise him for his spirit, for his word, for his truth. And uh, 
I want to thank all those again for the time we were gone. I want to thank all those that uh, upheld God's word, upheld the church, and all the workers and all the people. And I thank God for all those that's working this week with the VBS. I know this is a big thing, and I know it's important to all of our families. And uh, God is good. I thank God for this message, but I can tell you right now, I've never preached on this, and I can tell you that I wrestled all week long with this because if there's a subject in the Bible that is tough to deal with, it is this one. And I know most of you ministers out there know what I'm talking about, but talking about the triune God, talking about the Trinity, talking about Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, and yet there's one. Trying to explain that, trying to just come out with that is hard for mankind to understand. But I can I tell you, when you think you've got it all figured out, look out because the scripture will shoot a hole in what you're thinking. It's not the pie. He's not Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and he's part of a pie. Christ is not part of the pie. Christ is our life. God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit, they're all three God. And you know what? I know this is going to sound confusing to you. And sometimes when I bring stuff like this, I have to know that God's given it to me or I wouldn't even bring it up. But yet at the same time, I tell you that God writes things just exactly how he wants to write them. God puts the scriptures in place just the way he wants to say them. And you can blame it on translations. You can blame it on the way somebody wrote or somebody that believed. I've heard everything that King James and some of them believed a certain way, so they wrote it a certain way. Uh, they interpreted it a certain way. But can I tell you something? I believe this is the word of God. And I believe it's the truth. And I don't think there's nothing in there that you've got to apologize for or turn around and try to explain away. I can tell you right now, God's true. And one thing's for sure, and that is what that song talked about, the devil is defeated. He's already defeated. Life has already been paid for, for you and I, or all that will come. But I want you to hear this, these words, because sometimes you'd have a hard time. If somebody comes to you and asks you a question, I don't understand. You know what? you got to look in the scriptures. you got to know what the Bible says. So I want to read something to start with. I want to read, uh, first off, I'm going to touch on Genesis 1.26. And this is a scripture that everyone's heard. It says, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. Who is God talking about when he said, Let us make man in our image? Us and our. Two words there, us and our, and God is there. He's not talking about the angels. You won't find nowhere in the Bible where the angels had anything to do with the creation of it. God himself made all things. Christ himself was there. 
Some, some religions try to say that Christ didn't come into the scene until he came uh, in the flesh. But can I tell you something? It says, he says, before Abraham was, I am. All the way through scripture, you're going to find the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit's been there from the beginning. And when he says, let us make man in our image, I want you to know he's talking about all three. He's talking about each one of them is a person. Each one, it's not the Holy Spirit, it's some spiritual force uh, like Star Wars, okay? He is a person. He has a will. He has a, a direction. He has words to speak. He has a heart for what he's doing. He has a task that he's working on. And I want you to hear all this because can I tell you something? There's some things written because of the place they're written in. And the next one I was going to read was about Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, God's talking to Israel. And he tells them, Moses says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Now, wait a minute. I just said there's three of them. He's not a three-headed God. He's one Lord. Let me hear what I just said. I want you to hear it because I want you to understand when Deuteronomy, when Moses is writing to this, he's writing to the people that had been raised around people that worshipped the creator instead of, they, they worshipped the creatures instead of the creator. They turned around and made gods of animals. They made gods of the sun. They made gods of the river. They made gods and they had gods for everything. But the Lord says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I mean, here's what I'm saying. He's trying to explain to them, get your mind out of all of those things. I am God and I am watching you. I've got my eye on you. I've got my plan of salvation. I'm going to talk about something tonight you probably never heard. Two. Part two of this, I guess. It really ain't about this, but I want you to hear it because... I want you to come back tonight because I know what God was saying to me. But in this, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul, and with all your might. He wants you to love him. Did you know God gave us all this life because he wants to have a relationship with us? He's working on you and I bringing us to him. He's been working on it from the beginning. All the way from the beginning, he's been working. When man fell, God's been working on the plan to bring you and I back to him. And he's provided all things to make victory for you and I. The victory's in Jesus. The victory's in the plan of salvation for you and I. And I want to tell you something. Our our church world has come to the place where we think we do this. We can just live a little bit good. We can go to church a little bit. We can claim we believe this and believe that. And the truth is, we are not in love with the one that gave us life. Because I don't want him to be diminished to something that we just show up on Sunday and talk about. I want you to understand he's everything. He is everything. The church is going to rise, and when we stand before him, it says thousands and thousands will worship him. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, that ought to be in you now. If you're a child of God, there ought to be a, a worship in you that says, just give me, the, give me the sign it's time to worship and I'm ready to worship. Because something inside of me says, I'm a part of the greatest thing there ever was that brought into life. And I ain't talking about me, I'm talking about him. I want you to understand, he's, he has provided all things. He's not a little God somewhere just showing up to knock on your head and say, don't do that. No, he's a God to be loved. He's a God to be cherished. He's the treasure of your whole life. He's who we serve. He's why we study one book all of the days of our life. We read his word. We fall in love with who he is because of what he has done, not what we've done. If we get by what we have done, we're in trouble. But he is provided. In Matthew, the first chapter, the 23rd verse, there's a a uh, verse there that, that was written in Isaiah 7:14, I believe it is, but it says, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Now listen to me. God is with us. When Jesus came to this earth, guess what? He is God with us. I'm not, I'm not quoting Tim Pruitt. I'm quoting the Bible. It was, it was prophesied that that day would come, and Jesus fulfilled that day. Behold, a virgin shall have a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, being interpreted as God with us. How many knows God came, the very insides of God where the uh, Christ and the Holy Spirit and the Father, they're all one. And I want to tell you something. Me and my wife might be one as, as husband and wife, but we don't think the exact same thing. Sometimes she don't want to listen to anything I say. She don't want to agree with anything I say. But can I tell you something? The Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they totally agree. They're one. Not just one in belief. They're one in their goal, their will, their purpose, their righteousness. It's all one. Hear what I'm saying. I want you to grab a hold of this because I think it's important that we have a hold of what, who it is we serve. We, we are allowing our world to diminish the God that we serve. We're lucky that Jesus even gets mentioned anymore. And when we do, we've offended somebody. They're trying to pass laws to stop that. Don't even go about the Holy Spirit. They don't want to hear about no Holy Spirit. They want to talk about other spirits, but not the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he is going to guide you to what Jesus said. And Jesus was the very image of the Father. The very image. It goes on to John, the first chapter. The first verse says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. That's kind of hard to explain, ain't it? He was 
he was the word, he was with God, and he was God. He came out of the very bowels of God. How I many here's what I'm saying? I'm not trying to create something that you don't understand. I'm trying to create something that you'll just get a hold of. Did you know sometimes you just have to take it by faith? Don't you, Bobby? Sometimes you just got to say, hey, he wrote it that way, and I believe it. In the beginning, God. I passed that. I ain't worried about the rest of it. As long as I believe in the beginning, God. The rest of it's going to fall in place. He wrote it. He didn't write it wrong. Praise God. In the first John, John the first chapter, it says, verse 14, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Who's the word? Obviously Jesus. He was the very word of the Father. He was the very image of his Father. When he come and he told his disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You think he would have said that if it wasn't true? He wants you to understand he is the rock of our salvation. He is the stone that the, the builders rejected. We build our whole life, our whole church, everything that we own, everything that we do, we build it upon him because he came for you and I. This Bible's written to bring you and me back to him. He didn't have to tell me everything that he is. He's so much greater than I understand. He's so much bigger than we can comprehend. Yet one day, Bobby, he says, we'll stand in his presence as one of his. And he'll receive worship from us. Hallelujah. You ought to be excited about what God is saying. Because what God is saying is, I want you to understand how great the God you serve is. In Mark, the first chapter. Verse 10, it says, And straightway coming up out of the water, Jesus getting baptized with John the Baptist, and he saw the heavens open and the spirit like a dove descending upon him. John's, Mark saw it. It said John the Baptist is who he's talking about. It says, He's seen it when he come up out of the water. He saw the heavens opened and the spirit like a dove descended upon Jesus. Now, I want you to think about this. Heavens opened up. Jesus looks just like a man. But John saw him coming. Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. Here he comes. And John baptizes him. He comes up out of the water. He's done it in obedience to the Father's will. What happens? Heaven opens up and the Spirit of God descended upon him. And when it did, a voice came out of heaven. It says the next verse, And there came a voice from heaven saying, Thou art my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. I wish he could say that about me, but I don't think he can. But he said it about his son because the heavens opened up because Jesus stepped into the ministry that he came to do. He stepped into the place 
to finish the race for you and I. He is God with us. Praise God he lived. Praise God he allowed himself. It was the very grace of God to send his only begotten son. You listen to what I'm saying? The very grace of God that he would send his son, the savior of the world. And it was the very love of Jesus that caused him to lay down his life for you and I. The very love that he has for you and I. The very love he knew his father sent him to do. Isn't that beautiful? I'm going to tell you something. You may not feel special, but you ought to about stuff like that. You can look in the mirror and think you're special, but I'll tell you something. This is special. This is what you ought to be feeling special about. Matthew 28, 19. Jesus, at the end of his ministry, he says to his disciples in the Great Commission, he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Why did he say that? Jesus is talking. He's telling his disciples, go and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Why didn't he just say, just baptize them in my name, and don't worry about the rest of it? No, he included them all. Did you know the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit is working on our salvation? Don't you know he's, he is not only paid the price, he not only sent the right price to be paid, but and he was worthy to pay our price, but the Holy Spirit's involved in this also. And the Holy Spirit is the comforter that comes in us, and he lives and dwells when Jesus says, I go away, but the comforter will come, and he will dwell in you. Praise God. I don't know about you, but see, don't tell me we don't need the Spirit of God in the church. If we don't have the Spirit of God, I can tell you right now, we're not walking in the plan of God. It's the plan of salvation. And I'm not trying to be some spiritual holy people. I'm trying to tell you, we're only holy through what he has done in us. And when we cry out, when we sing out, when we shout that the devil's defeated again, guess what? God is pleased. And the Holy Spirit begins to move through the crowd. Why? Because he's excited about telling somebody there's victory in Jesus. He's excited about you hearing that today. You may not think you need to hear that. But can I tell you, you don't know what your tomorrow may hold. The enemy will be able to knock you silly tomorrow. But there's victory in Jesus. And the devil's defeated again. You got to make up your mind. I'm going to walk with him. I'm going to talk with him. I'm going to love him. I'm going to love his presence. I'm going to love his name. I'm going to love his blood that was shed for me. And I'm going to love the plan of salvation all the way around. And I'm going to receive it. It's mine to receive. And it says in Psalm 110. David said this, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand till I make your enemies thy footstool. When Jesus left and the Holy Spirit, guess what? 
the father told him when he got up there. The Lord said to my Lord, sit right here till I turn your enemies into your footstool. I mean, here's what I'm saying. The father's involved. The son is sitting at the right hand of the father and he's declared that the enemy will be defeated. There's a judgment day coming for what's happening, even in our world. It's coming. You may say, well, I just want to be merciful to everybody. I just want to care about it. I just want to love everybody. I want to just go and help people and understand why they hate. No, they hate because the enemy's in them. There's rebellion in them. And they're allowing it. They refuse to come to Jesus. And as long as our world says we refuse the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, guess what? We ain't got no salvation. I know you don't believe that, but it's true. We only got victory in Jesus. It ain't how much money you got. It ain't how pretty you are. It ain't how smart you are. It ain't all the education in the world. It ain't going to give you what you need. Jesus will give you what you need. He is the stone that you build your life upon. Build your marriage on it. Build your children on it. Build your home on it. Build everything you've got on it. Because there is no other way. In 1 Timothy 2.5, it says, For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all, to be testified in due time. And in Hebrews 7.25, it says, those who come to God. By him it says, wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come to God by him. You can't come to God unless you come through Christ. You hear what the Bible's telling you? That's all through scripture. You keep finding those scriptures and can I tell you, you can't say, oh, I'm a, I'm a God worshiper or oh, I, I love spiritual things. You know what? You don't need spiritual things. You need the Holy Spirit. You got to understand there's a lot of false spirits out in this world and there's all kinds of things will become God to you. Listen to what I'm telling you. There's only one God, and there's only one Savior, and there's only one powerful Spirit of God, and all three are working for you and I. Praise God. And he's got it in his hand. Now, there ain't nothing the enemy can stop. God is able. In Colossians 2, and I like this. I want you to hear it. Colossians 2, 8. It says, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophies and vain, and vain deceit. I, I want you to know something. That's going on today. There's all kinds of people got all kinds of ideals of what you need to do to live better and to live right and to feel good about yourself. Can I tell you something? You're dying just like me. You're heading to a door that says eternity. You can't stop it. It might be a, some doctor's mistake. It might be a car wreck. It might be just old age. I have no idea, but you're heading for that door. And I can tell you right now, don't listen to false words. These false beliefs and these false things that the schools and everything else are pushing to our children. 
What are they doing? They're diminishing God and telling you to lift up man. And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't care how smart the doctors are. I don't want to go to them. Sorry. I, love, I, I appreciate them. But I ain't a bit interested in signing up to go. And I got to go tomorrow. <laughs> and I don't want to go. And I already, I've already got my list, Becky, I thought of you. I already got my list of what you ain't going to do. <laughs> I know. Leave it alone. But it says, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Listen, it's got to be after Christ. This is the only thing you can live for. It's the only way you can get to God. It's through Christ. So listen to what he says after this. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. When Jesus came, Bobby, he had it all worked out. It was all in him. He paid the price. The price is paid. 2,000 years ago, Jesus laid down his life, and he died, and he said, it is finished. It's over. It's done. Your victory is over. If you'll only receive it and accept it and live for it. Because he says, I can give you the package. I can't make you open the present. I can give you this gift, but you, you got to open it yourself. We have to take it by faith. We have to take this Bible by faith. We have to believe that God ordained it to be. And I can tell you right now, you can think what you want, you can believe what you want, but they ain't never been able to shut this up. They ain't able to stomp it out. They ain't able to burn them out. They ain't able to do anything with these books. And they're going to be there on judgment day. He just says, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you, you and I, are complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. There is no power. The enemy has no power greater than our God. He won our victory, Jesus. In him, it's all been won. Hallelujah. 2 Corinthians 13, 14. Listen to what Paul's writing. Paul says he's just ending his talk to the Corinthians. He's saying the last verse to the both, both books that he wrote to the Corinthians. But listen to what he says. He says, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. How many knows? I don't, and there are churches that just said Jesus only. We only want to hear about Jesus. We don't want to talk about the Old Testament. We want to talk about. We don't want to talk about uh, the Father or the Son or or our Father or the Spirit. We just want to talk about Jesus. And can I tell you something? Jesus is our stone, our rock. But can I tell you something? He didn't do anything that he wasn't in agreement and in and in perfect harmony with his Father and the Holy Spirit. And all three were involved in you and I getting saved. All three. 
if the Father don't draw you and the Spirit don't convict you and the Savior didn't pay your price, you ain't got a Savior. I mean, here's what I'm saying. This, that is what our Bible teaches us. Now, you know what? Sometimes you might read a word this way or that way and you get all flustered and say, well, I don't know if I believe this. I don't know what to Listen, just keep believing and keep studying because that is really what our Bible teaches us. 1 Peter 1, 2. Listen to this. Elect. We're elect. That means we're chosen. Chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father. Bobby, you've said many times, God saw that little punk kid walking down the street and said, I'm going to save that kid. I'm going to change him. He's going to be a child of God. And you know what? He can do it. God can do it. And he says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. See, it was the grace of the Father. It was the love of the Son. And it was the fellowship that we have with the Holy Spirit. Where is your fellowship at today? What is your fellowship in? What's it in? Because can I tell you something? You need the very Spirit of God. You need Him to talk to you. If you're waiting on me to tell you what you're to do, I can tell you right now, I'm striving to hear what God's telling me to do. And I, I can pray for you. And I might even tell you a wise statement every once in a while. But Bill, I'm, I'm way short. My dad told me one time, he said, 100% of the people come to me for answers. And he said, about 75% of the time I can give them an answer, but about 50% of the time I feel like I'm right. He said, you know, I'm just not God. I can't do that. It's a God job. God needs to work on your life. The Holy Spirit is going to work on you if you open the door and let him in. Let him in. Don't be afraid of him. Don't turn him away. I want everything that's of God. I want the Father. I want the Son. I want the Holy Spirit every day of my life. I need him. Don't you know I can't read this Bible and come to those places and then say, ah, well, I'll put that aside. I'll just live this way. No, I ain't my choice. I choose to follow him. And he has laid out the way that we're to go. The Holy Spirit. Jesus prayed in the 14th chapter of John. And I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Listen to me. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live forever inside of you. He will never leave you. Unless you completely reject him and walk away, he will never leave you. He'll be with you in every valley, every mountaintop. He'll be with you everywhere and every problem and every trial that comes your way. He will be with you and he will guide you. He'll guide you where to read in the scriptures. He'll guide you to have 
to pick you up and give you steps to walk in the midst of a, you know, you, somebody said a long time ago, you learn more in the valley than you do in the mountains. That's where you grow is down in the valley. He also says in the 23rd verse of 14, Jesus answered and said to him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him. Now listen. And we, talk about the Father and the Son, we will come unto him and make our abode with him. So now we not only have the Holy Spirit, but we have the Father and the Son come and make their abode in us. Praise God. This ain't some small religion. This ain't some little God. That you're, you're talking about the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit wants to dwell inside of you and will dwell inside of you. You don't have no idea. I ain't never spoke to a president. But can I tell you something? As dumb as I am, if they put me before him, I know exactly what I'm going to say. Now I ain't nobody. And he'll probably never call. <laughs> but can I tell you something? I know what's good. And I know what grace and what mercy God has laid in my life. And I don't deserve nothing. And neither does he. But if he will bow down and serve him, guess what? He'll turn our whole country around. You know, either that or they'll run him off. But he'll be used of God. Praise God. Fourteen twenty six. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said to you. Did you know he told them disciples, when I'm gone, this Holy Spirit's going to come, but he's going to remind you of the things that I taught you. He's going to bring them all back. How many knows the Holy Spirit? was all in Jesus. He knew exactly what Jesus was doing. And the Holy Spirit knows exactly how to bring that to our hearts and our minds. We don't have to, we don't have to practice what we're doing. All we got to do is live it. You show up somewhere and God will give you things to say. I've been places sometimes, and I know it's been, I've heard the testimony of so many in here, but sometimes you'll go somewhere and you have no intention of saying anything to anybody. You might have just stopped to get gas. And all of a sudden, you're in a conversation with somebody about God. God intended for you to talk to somebody. Don't you understand that's what God's trying to do in every one of us? He wants us to be in him and for him and with him and let it come out of us. Don't be afraid or ashamed. John 15, 26, But when the comforters come, whom I will send unto you from my Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. Praise God. Disciples wasn't being left alone. When Jesus left, how many of those disciples kicked it into gear? When the Spirit of God came on them, they were a different batch. I know Jesus had to be smiling sitting at the right hand of the Father. I know he stood up when Stephen was dying and said, hold it not to them. 
Lord, they don't know what they're doing. Just like Jesus said. How many knows they're working together in this bringing us home? Now listen to Paul in Romans 8. I'm almost done. Romans 8, 26. I like this. I like what Paul said. He says, likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. What's infirmities? Their weaknesses. How many feels weak in prayer? How many feels weak in scripture? How many feels weak? Guess what? We are weak. But he says here, the Spirit helps our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself makes intercession. He's in there working on us. You know, sometimes I've been praying, and all of a sudden, I went up to pray for Steve Rogers. When Steve Rogers died, I had it in my mind. I was going into that hospital room when they told us he was dead, and I, I had this feeling that he was gone. Betty, I went up there that night, and when I asked the doctor, I said, I want to see his body. And I went in there. I went in there to lay my hands on his feet, and I grabbed him by the feet. And I started to pray, and I said, God, I'm going to pray that you bring him back alive. I'd said that to myself all the way up there. But when I got a hold of him, all of a sudden, the Spirit of God hit me. And I began to say, thank you, Jesus, for this friend that I have served God with. I began to say all the things that God wanted me to say, and it wasn't bringing him back. But I knew it was God. He comforted me. He let me know that he was there. That's the Holy Spirit that will move in you when you need him. It says, but the Spirit itself makes intercession for us with groanings that cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart, that's God, knows what is the mind of the Spirit because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Holy Spirit ain't going to tell you to do something that the Father ain't behind it. How I many here's what I'm saying? Holy Spirit's going to guide you into the Father's will. And ain't, don't every one of us want to be in God's will? Don't we want to know that when we call, when we begin to say something, that it's the will of God? It's what's needed to be said. It's what God intended to be brought forth. 1 Corinthians 2.10. Becky, you can come back up. 1 Corinthians 2.10 says this. But God hath revealed them unto us by his, by his Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so the things of God knows no man but the spirit of God. I can't tell you all what God wants me to say to you, but I know the Holy Spirit can guide the words. The Holy Spirit is what we need to intercede for us to do his will, to walk in this ministry, to do the things that God wants us to do. Last verse, last verses are in Ephesians 4. 
Paul was talking about being a prisoner of the Lord, beseeching you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called, with all lowliness, meekness, suffering, forbearing one another in love. Listen to this. Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Did you know he wants us to be in one spirit? Listen to what I'm telling you because this is where the devil is defeating the church. He divides us. It's not about what our flesh likes. It's not what about our what we like the looks of things. It ain't a pleasing ourselves or somebody or even the children. No, it's about the unity of the Spirit of God. When I come in here, I come in here knowing that I'm coming to people that serve the same God I serve. They they trust and believe, and they're listening to the voice of the Spirit of God. So they're not going to come in here with bitterness and anger and hate and turn around and want ill will against anybody. I'm trying to say it as nice as I can. But the real truth is the Holy Spirit's not like that. He's not going to divide. He's going to put us together. The way the Heavenly Father wants us together. The way that Jesus Christ paid for us to be together. Those disciples went out and preached the same gospel everywhere they went. They were all in one accord on the day when it came. <coughs> we have to be in one accord. That means it may not fit what our world says. It may not fit what your family likes. But can I tell you something? We have to fit what he wants. Come listening to the voice of God. Come for the Holy Spirit to speak to your heart. Don't be afraid of what he says to you. I want him to talk to me. And sometimes I'm afraid to speak up myself. But can I tell you something? I want God's spirit to speak through me and speak to me and correct me and work on me. It says, there's one body, one spirit, even as you're called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all, through all, and in you all. I believe they all, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're working to bring souls to unity. You hear what I'm saying? You know what a tri, 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 a trinity means? It means tri, which is three. And the other part, it means unity. Triunity, that's really what it is. They all are in one accord and they agree together. Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. And I tell you right now, I thank God that when Adam and Eve fell or when the flood of Noah came, God didn't turn away from us. Let me tell you something, and I had this written down for tonight, but I want you to hear it. Maybe this is just my thinking. Bill, this is what God said to me or what I felt like I was thinking, and that was God came to a fork in the road there. He began to say, I repent that I even made man. 
But then right down there below there it says, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. I'm glad God would receive Noah. Aren't you? Sad as it is to watch a judgment come, aren't you glad God's a gracious, merciful God? From that time on, that fork in the road that he came to, all of us come to those forks in the road. Sometimes we do the wrong thing and we pay for it all of our life. But God came to a fork in the road and he went with grace and mercy and he loved us. He looked down the road and saw our families and saw the lives that would be changed because of the plan of salvation and all that would be, have to be done. Sending his son, bringing the Holy Spirit to dwell inside of us. What's he bringing us to? Back to that relationship with our heavenly father. That's what God's trying to do. If you're not walking that direction, you need him. You need to come and say, God, I need to recommit myself to you. I want whatever you can give me, God, I want it. I need you. I need your presence. Talk to me, Lord. Guide my life. Take my eyes off those things that I spend all my attention on and put them on you because that's what's going on. Yeah, I got troubles too. Like I said, I can tell you all about that doctor. But can I tell you, I got to get my mind off that. I get my eyes off that. I got to pay attention to what my heavenly doctor says. He's the one, the healer of my soul. Praise God. Everyone stand if you will. We need to have fellowship with the Father and the Son through the Spirit of God. Holy Spirit is sent for us to have fellowship with our Heavenly Father. Isn't that beautiful? I'm glad we have a Spirit. I'm glad Jesus sent the Comforter. He prayed to the Father, send the Comforter. And he's, He was in... I think about Apostle Paul. I think about all of those that lived their whole life out till the day they killed him. They, they destroyed him. They had to punish, they had to erase them because they couldn't handle their words. Our world is wanting to erase Christianity. If they could erase it, they would. If, it, if you don't just treat it as some small religion, they don't want you to have anything to do with it. God has built this country upon the gospel. It's been, it's been all the way from the beginning. But God's got a purpose. And we need him. This day and hour, we need him. If, it's, if this is talking to you, I want you to come today. Nobody's pointing a finger at you. Nobody's criticizing. We all are trying to strive to make it home. And you know what? I got lost loved ones. I got cousins that I don't know where they're at. I don't want to wait till I hear the phone call saying they're gone. I want God to work on them. I want God to reach out. 
God can answer the prayers that you have. He can save your children. He can save your lost loved ones. He can change your life. But you need to have that peace and that rest, and that comes by the Spirit of God being in you. Let him in today. You come while they sing. Jesus, 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 there's just something about that name, Master, Like the fragrance after the rain. Jesus, 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 let all heaven and earth proclaim.
Jesus is precious. Son. 